0: Welcome to Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. Here's your host, Ben Wilson.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. I'm your host, Ben Wilson, and my bulldog Rodney is beside me as usual. Today we have to to address a topic that's on many people's minds today, and that's the fairness of the upcoming November election. And I have the perfect guest to set the record straight on that topic. I'm pleased to welcome the Kentucky Secretary of State, Michael Adams, Secretary Adams is actually a fellow native of Paducah, Kentucky, and we were classmates at Reedland Middle School and Reedland High School before I moved in the middle of my ninth grade year. Since graduating from Reedland, Michael has led an exceptional career in the world of politics and election law, working on the staffs or as legal counsel for former President George W. Bush and his Deputy Attorney General, Vice President Mike Pence, former Kentucky Governor Ernie Fletcher, U.S. Senator Mitch McConnell, and the Republican Governors Association. Secretary Adams is, was most recently elected as the Kentucky Secretary of State in 2019 by defeating former Miss America Heather French Henry in his first election, becoming the first Paducah native to serve in a Kentucky governor's cabinet since former Governor Julian Carroll from 1974 to 1979. Since being elected, Secretary Adams has had a lot on his plate to address relating to the fighting voter fraud and promoting election fairness, so we're honored to have him on our show today. So please welcome Secretary Michael Adams to Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. Secretary Adams, thanks so much for coming on the show.
0: Thanks, Ben. Good to talk with you again.
1: Yeah. So, all right. So tell me about your journey from going from growing up in Paducah, Kentucky, to getting into politics and now being the Kentucky Secretary of State.
0: Well, it's been a long, strange trip. (laughs) But uh, I grew up in uh, McCracken County, as you said, went to Reedland and, Uh, I came from a a family that was very apolitical, and to whatever limited extent they were political, they were Democrats, Uh, and Mm -hmm. I got the recessive gene, apparently. I was very politically minded and very conservative and very Republican uh, from a pretty young age. So before I was old enough to vote, I was working professionally on campaigns for Republicans locally. Uh, Most of them lost, but it was Mm -hmm. a good experience. Uh, It got me exposed, and by working for local candidates, I was able to go in at a fairly high level uh, consulting versus just having to stuff envelopes or not doors. And so I got an entree pretty early in life to political consulting. And so I used that experience, uh, went to college, uh, first in my family, uh, got a poli sci degree, uh, got into law school at Harvard, uh, fortunately and got low income aid uh, for that and was able to live the dream in the sense of uh, combining law and politics, my two favorite subjects into one. And I had all the, uh, all the fun of being an election lawyer, uh, across the country with a really, uh, successful career, uh, all the fun of, of, uh, politics and all of the, uh, job security of, uh, legal practice. So it was the best of both worlds.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so tell me about your run in the Kentucky state secretary of state election. Cause I know that, um, it was a lot of work. I mean, I used to work in campaigns as well. And I think I saw where you posted, you lost 17 pounds during the campaign.
0: Yeah, that was, uh, I'd say running 21 months statewide for public office, your first time out of the gate, it's kind of like running a marathon while solving equations in your head. (laughs) You got to always be on and thinking and preparing for every possible occurrence, always be on your feet. But also it's a significant drain on your your body, Uh, the hours, the stress, uh, and you never get to eat anything. You barely get to go to the bathroom. It's a real ordeal uh, going through that. But I'm, I'm glad I did. It paid off. Uh, I was a very heavy underdog, and I managed to pull off one of the biggest upsets in a long time in our state history, and it uh, worked out just fine.
1: Yeah, no, congratulations. This is a remarkable run. So, so let's talk about the November election. So as you know, it's going to be a big one. We've got Trump versus Biden, as well as other key races, including in Kentucky, um, Senator Mitch McConnell. Um, and a lot of people are really worried about the election process, and they hear about voter fraud and through the okay. mail. Um, I know that was a big issue in your campaign. Um, talk about uh, the measures that you're taking to address those concerns as we head into the election.
0: Well, my campaign slogan was, let's make it easy to vote and hard to cheat. And I was mm-hmm. sincere about both parts of that. Some people like one part, but not the other. I think it's, it's a one thing deal. You got to have both. If you lack one, then the public lacks confidence in your system. Um, so to me... Back in 2019, which seems like ages ago, the biggest problems our election system had in terms of credibility were we had an incumbent then uh, who was dogged by constant scandal. Uh, We had uh, a lack of a photo ID to vote law in our state, which I thought was embarrassing. Our neighboring states had it. States around the country, red states, blue states require a photo ID to vote, but we didn't. Mm -hmm. And we also had voter rolls with hundreds of thousands of people on them who were who either had moved away or passed away or been put away, and yet they persisted on our roles in violation of the law. And those were the things that I thought brought our system into disrepute. And so those were my focus when I first got elected and sworn in. And I've taken uh, action on all of those fronts. But of course, I got a much bigger curveball this year with the pandemic. And so mm -hmm, my mission has been to keep all those campaign promises, but also go beyond that and also ensure that we have a system that accommodates the current reality of our health crisis, but it still ensures that it's easy to vote and hard to cheat. So that's why I expanded absentee voting. That's not something I invented. That's actually been a constitutional right in Kentucky since 1945, the right to vote by absentee ballot. But Mm -hmm. I made it easier by providing a website where people could verify their identity and apply for a ballot. Uh, That was really controversial. Uh, it, It really shouldn't have been, but it was, and actually still somewhat is. But we proved in June that we can run an election that accommodates voters and makes it easy to vote without having vote fraud. Uh, We had the cleanest election I can remember. I've done campaigns in Kentucky for a quarter century, and I can't remember one without vote fraud in it. Uh, We had a successful election with super high turnout, three-quarters of the vote in the primary was absentee ballot. But yet we still didn't have the vote fraud that's plagued us uh, for centuries in Kentucky.
1: Yeah. No, that, that's great. I mean, you had a great election in June and helping with the voter confidence. Now, let me ask you this. Um, you know, I'm here, of course, I live in Florida. So I'm here in some states, they may not be able to count all of the anticipated mail-in ballots by the end of election night. And it may be several days before we actually know who wins the, some elections. Um, should people feel comfortable voting by mail? And also, what steps is Kentucky doing, um, like working with other secretaries of state's? to address those concerns of getting the ballots collected and and uh, counted in time.
0: Well, I want to prepare your listeners. If you're voting in Kentucky, you're going to know the results on election night uh, for Mm -hmm. us. It's not going to be every single vote counted, but it never is. It's going to be the vast Mm -hmm. majority of the vote counted, which is what is uh, historically true in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you're not going to see that in other states. You're going to have most states taking weeks, potentially, to count their ballots So I'll just say it outright. We may not know who the president is for a couple of weeks. Uh, If we have really close elections in Michigan and Wisconsin and so forth, then Mm -hmm. we're going to be in suspense for a couple of weeks. Uh, We're going to know in Kentucky who carried our state for president and who won the Senate seat that's contested. We're going to know most of our outcomes on election night. Mm -hmm. We're we're counting a lot faster. And another difference is more of our votes proportionately are going to be cast in person than what you're seeing in other states. Mm-hmm. we don't have a limited absentee it's for people who need it and so uh, everyone else is going to vote in person I think two out of three voters will vote in person those votes can be cast uh, those votes can be counted much more quickly because they're on machines that you can just hit a button and get your total it's a much labor and uh, le- much less labor intensive and time intensive process to count in-person votes so that's how we're going to be again the leader in our country just like we were in the primary we are the we were deemed the most effective best state at running an election this year in a pandemic, which for me was really a point of pride as a rookie secretary of state, but we're also going to leave the country on November 3rd with the fastest count.
1: Yep. No, that's great news for the people of Kentucky. So let me ask this.
0: Let me go Go back to your question. I missed about voting by mail. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your question was, can voters have confidence in it? Uh, The short answer is it depends. Uh, If they're voting in Kentucky, they can, and and here's why. We're not doing in Kentucky what uh, states on the West Coast do, which is they register voters to vote without their prior consent or knowledge, and then they mail them a ballot they didn't ask for. You can see how that would be highly suspect. right? You live on the street, you know all the boxes on the street, mailboxes are going to be full of ballots in a couple of days. You just walk around and pick them up. That's a terrible, terrible system, I think. We don't have that in Kentucky. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, my opponent last year ran in favor of that platform, and I think me being against it is part of why I won. We don't do that here. We require you to register. We require you to apply for a ballot. We require you to prove your identity to get the ballot. Uh, GoVoteKentucky.com uh, is the portal where you request an absentee ballot. It closes uh, tonight, by the way, at midnight, October 9th at midnight. And then after that, it to vote in person. But that mechanism has a login to the driver's license database. So that allows us to check your photo ID when you request an absentee ballot. Uh, Very few states allow for that. Uh, Actually, Kentucky didn't require that when I got sworn into office. We have a photo ID law at all. Now we require Mm -hmm. photo ID whether you're voting in person or absentee. Uh, But I do want to assure the public that we do have systems in place to ensure we don't have lost or stolen ballots. The GoVoteKY.com portal allows me the ability to surveil the election in real time and look for any lost or missing ballots. They're all, all the envelopes of these ballots are barcoded, which means that I can track where they are in the system, and so can the voter. Uh, an absentee mm-hmm. voter can go to GoVoteKY.com and see where her ballot is in the system. It's uh, that's, that's a pretty remarkable improvement. I'm, I'm really proud of that. So we yeah. have a lot of transparency that you don't see in some other places. We have a lot of security protocols you don't see in other places. We match every single signature on every absentee ballot envelope to make sure it's the voter and not someone stealing that person's vote. That's why we had no vote fraud in the primary, despite projections to the contrary, is we know how to do this.
1: Yeah. Well, i tell you one thing that, I mean, the requirement for voter ID, to me, that's just common sense. I don't care what political party you have. I mean, you can't even get a gym membership without, without showing an ID. So, I mean, the idea you can vote and not even show ID was just crazy to me. So I'm- I'm glad things are going well with your programs in Kentucky. Now, quick question for you. Uh, since you're an election lawyer and have been through this battle before, in the event we have an election contest by Trump or Biden or anybody else, can you just generally explain the process that, uh, that goes on there?
0: Well, it kind of depends on, on what strategy they use, uh, but first off, this really proves why the Electoral College is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are different arguments for and against the Electoral College, and I think they most uh, mostly have merit. But the strongest argument for the Electoral College and why I favor it is it helps us isolate election disputes. If uh, Imagine the 2000 election, and it had been as close as it was without the Electoral College. We would have had a lawsuit in all 50 states because <laughs> we would have been mm-hmm. fighting over the popular vote. And it was so close that you could file a, a lawsuit in any county and ask for a recount there are thousands of counties in America. By having uh, the electoral college, we could isolate that dispute to just Florida and just worry about recounting Florida, not recounting every single state. So that's really important. Mm -hmm. Uh, what a challenge would look like would depend on the facts and the strategies the candidates picked. But for example, if if you had Florida really, really close again, and that was the linchpin of who got to be president, and you would see both sides and their lawyers converge on Florida and then you might have one candidate trying to cherry pick certain counties and get recounts there versus the other candidate in other counties. That's what you saw back in, mm-hmm. uh, back in 2000, uh, the Gore campaign wanted to recount in three counties that were very democratic. And the Bush campaign wanted a statewide uh, recount because uh, they thought as, as a whole, when we factor in the rural areas, they had an advantage. And so it's really a tactical sort of a thing, but I'm, I'm hopeful that we won't have uh, disputed uh, outcomes and, and, Litigation going on for weeks, and if it does happen, I hope it's confined to just one state and not Mm. multiple states. That gets really to be a headache and potentially destabilizing.
1: Yeah, well, let's hope for a a clean election and that you know everything goes smooth and we we get something that people look back and say, "Hey, whether your candidate wins, win or won or lost, you know the procedure was fair, and you know move forward and try to make America better and better." So. And Michael, one final question: Since our show is called "Living the Dream," how's Michael Adams living the dream?
0: Well, I have uh, I have weird dreams, and uh, my dream was to be <laughs> a chief election official and uh, take a, a gigantic pay cut and uh, get beat up all the time uh, by angry people. So that actually was the thing I wanted to do uh, since I was very young. Is uh, eventually run for office? I wasn't really sure in what context, but I always had the bug, and it worked out that I had. Uh, national election experience, working for Mike Pence, working for several uh, national Republican committees. I, I learned the subject matter uh, competently and was able to be seen as as the better qualified candidate for this position, and and that worked out just fine. And so, you know, if you love politics and you love elections and you love uh, all this stuff, law, all these things that all kind of come together, this is really one of the best jobs in the world. So it's certainly a challenging time to be in this position. It's not unique to me. The governor, uh, imagine being the governor right now. Imagine being the attorney general right now. It's a hard time for every public official. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in prior national crises, the country came together. We came together after Pearl Harbor. We came together after 9-11. This time, we've actually been driven further apart by crisis. And it's really hard to build consensus and govern in a way where you get mutual respect and cooperation. Uh, but I'm not going to complain. It's still an honor to serve in this position, especially at this critical moment in history. And I'm going to do my very, very best for Kentucky.
1: Yeah, well, I think you're doing a great job. Um, I know the people of Western Kentucky are proud of you, and I know uh, a lot of your classmates and our classmates from Reedland are proud of you as well. So uh, congratulations on all the great work that you're doing and look forward to seeing what happens on the November election. So, Michael's, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to be on the show. I really appreciate it.
0: You bet. Thanks. I'm happy to come back for a longer, uh, longer period of time uh, in the future when the election's over.
1: Sure. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. All right. Thanks to our listeners. And that has been Secretary of State Michael Adams from the Commonwealth of Kentucky. So hope you enjoy the show and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode. Find us online at benandrodney.com and follow us on Instagram at benwilsonmiami.